This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. Now, this show is about great conversation. Today is no exception. Um, on the show, I have Stephen Ross. He's the author of Doors Open When You Knock, um, which is a fantastic book. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's very straightforward. Um, the easy, quick read, but packed with great, great advice. Um, I mean, it, it, his advice is just so much common sense and from being consistent to setting boundaries in your business. Um, but I especially love the strategies uh, he has for achieving goals. So stay tuned to this one. You're not going to miss this. Um, if you like what we're doing, uh, you know, give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the website, theagentmind.com. Um, schedule a call with me. I'd love to, to have a chat. You know, I, uh, I'm always, um, as you know, th this podcast is all about having great conversations. And uh, th so there's there's really no conversation that I, I, I wouldn't want to have. So um, give a call if you want to learn more about what we have in the show. Um, uh, you know, schedule a call if you, if you want to be on the show. Um, you know, contact me through the website. Um, again, I love having conversations and, and I, I learn something from everybody I talk to. That's kind of my new, well, not new philosophy, but uh, certainly a philosophy that I have adopted within the past uh, few years, I would say. Um, so before we dig into the show, um, how would you like to free up more of your time, hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more money in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. So stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistants. So here we go, folks. Stephen Ross. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, today, I'm... I'm Really excited. I think we've got a good treat here today. I have uh, Stephen Ross with us today. He's the author of Doors Open When You Knock. Um, and it's it's not about knocking doors. Uh, it's not all about that. It's, it's definitely a much larger concept that I'm, I'm absolutely um, excited about. It's, it's going to be a great podcast episode today. So um, Stephen Ross is also a coach, uh, real estate coach, and we'll talk about later at the end how to get a hold of him. Um, if you want to learn more, and I'm sure you're going to, because this is just a, a, a fantastic book, Stephen. Welcome to the to the show. Um, how's it going? Fabulous. Even though it's raining in Denver, I cannot believe it is raining in Denver. It almost never rains in Denver. Really? It snows or it's sunny, and mostly it's sunny. Yeah. But today it's raining. Well, it's a good day. But to I'm doing great anyway. Yeah, it's a good day to be inside and, and do a podcast. No <laughs> door right. knocking today. That's right. <laughs> So cool. So I guess um, get, just give us like a, a a quick history, like how did you get into real estate, and and then we're definitely going to talk about your your journey once you get into real estate. But what, what were you doing beforehand, and kind of what brought you to real estate? Yeah, um, here's the thing. Like, you know, I'm from LA. You know, I live in Colorado now, but I was in LA and I've worked. Uh, I was in consulting, mostly in technology and project management. I worked on Wall Street. I left that, did a medical uh, roll up. Um, and I was the chief technology officer and that was ending in 2005. And if people have been around 
uh, if they were in real estate back then, especially if they were in Southern California, like I was, mm-hmm. it was out of control. <laughs> like it's, 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 I mean, now it's pretty hot. It was pretty hot then. It, that was the hottest I'd ever seen it up until now. Yeah. And it seemed like if you were breathing, um, you could make, you know, six figures. And so I thought, I'm a pretty smart guy. Look at all these guys selling homes, making money. I can do this. <laughs> uh, and so I got a real estate license. And as everybody who's ever gotten a real estate license knows, mm-hmm. holy cow, it's hard. I mean, there are the exceptions, right? There's a few of us, not me, but there's a few people who just kill it from day one. That was yeah. not me, mm-hmm. um, even though I was smart enough and had enough business I came in. Uh, because this business is about really going out there and talking to people. And, uh, and frankly, I'm antisocial. I'm an introvert. I don't do open house. I don't do social parties. I, I'm not online. Uh, and I don't want, and I'm from the corporate background. I don't do, I don't work nights and weekends. Yeah. Well, you, so, you just described, according to the rest of the industry, you just described the worst real estate agent ever. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's, but I can I can relate to. I mean, that's why I do I like podcast format so much. Is I'm I'm definitely um, introverted, uh, INTP. If anybody knows Myers Briggs, um, so I can I can definitely relate. So, not yeah. to interrupt you, please, please. No, no, that's yeah, no, and so, but of course, so I got my license in March. Uh, so actually, sorry that my technology thing ended in 04. And so the beginning of 05, I got my real estate license, March 15th, 2005, right? The dates in my brain, man, mm-hmm. I don't forget that. <laughs> and then six weeks later, my third child was born, my daughter. And so now I had three kids to feed in a commission only business. And I don't like doing any of the things that most real estate agents do to, to get business. Yeah, that's a pickle. That, that's a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pickle. Yeah. And I, uh, at the time I was with Cobo Banker, the NRT owned Cobo Banker, which was dominant in Southern California at the time. And they had this two week training and the, towards the end of that training that brought in a real estate coach. And he said, it's a simple business, knock on heads, knock on doors, pick one. And I thought, well, crap, man, I'm not knocking on doors. That I'm a UCLA grad. I've worked on wall street, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's beneath me. I'm not doing that. Uh, but then of course, right. A couple months later, I'm like, holy crap, I am not talking to enough people and I've got some hungry mouse and yeah. I better try. I've, I've got to do something like, cause doing what I was doing, which was, you know, swirling was yeah. not going to work. That's a good word. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, well, how hard can this knocking on doors thing be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that be, that really was when my real estate career began. And that was probably maybe three, four, five months after I got my real estate license in 05. And then that mm-hmm. kind of began my journey of knocking on doors. That's that's so cool. I I'm 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 amazed at at your consistency with knocking on doors and and how much of a staple it is in your business. Um, because I, I know I think every agent, every new agent they hear the term knocking doors and they, at some point it crosses their mind, like maybe I should give this knocking on doors things a try. Some never even get to a door. And if you're like me, you've, you went to a, a few doors and you really tried to struggle through it. And it just, you know, I, I gave up on it. I'm, I'm one of those, you know, I chase shiny objects, you know, so I, <laughs> if it wasn't, if I've uh, done this for a week and it's not working, I would try something else. So that was, exactly. that was me in my beginning, the beginning of my real estate uh, career. But 
Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm really impressed with your consistency and I've since learned that consistency is the, is the number one thing. So if it's not knocking doors, it's making your calls, it's working your, your sphere, whatever it is, you know, just pick, pick something and, and give it a, give it time to start working. Cause nothing in this business is overnight for sure. So that's right. Which leads so, me to the, the, uh, the three myths that you, that you talk about kind of in the beginning of your book. Yeah. So expound on that. Okay. I keep, I keep like interrupting. I apologize. No, this is your, I, you can interrupt me all the time. It's your podcast. We can go anywhere you want. So <laughs> we get to scratch your itch. So I'm here to serve you. you. So whatever, whatever you want to talk about. And so, yeah, I mean, the three myths and the first myth is that everyone, the myth is that everyone should make a million dollars or rather really what it is, is I don't know about you, TJ, but I think, for myself and I think many other people they hear others talk about how they make a million dollars and that they're something less than if they're either a not making a million or that that's not their goal like it's like there's either the million dollar producers or you're a piece of garbage yeah <laughs> I mean and I, and and what I'm saying is I think many of us I think really what the goal is what I'm saying there is that there's a goal to do well and be well and I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive and I'm not saying we shouldn't grow and I'm not saying we need to expand who we are and there's ways to do that. I, I'm just not, I'm just saying everyone should be aware that this getting hung up can be on that number or that moniker can be a mi- misguided for many people. Yeah, most, most definitely. Again, yeah. I, I think, well, most of us get caught up in that. They see the the mega agents with the big teams and, and uh, I know that I, I, I talk a lot about um, having goals. And when I first came into real estate, having goals that were not my own. Yeah. Uh, and and you, I think we're, we're definitely going to talk about that a little because you touch on that further on in the book. But um, having goals that aren't your own, you just, you're not, you, A, you're never going to get to them. If you do, it's going to be miserable. And then once you get there, it's like, now what? So, so yeah. Very well that. said. Yeah. That was perfect. You should, you should take that snippet and just keep replaying it for, for us. There you go. <laughs> That'll be just play for the 45 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And then, and this kind of leads along with myth number two, I mean, listening to what we perceive as top producers. Yeah. There. And, you know, some people have said, are you picking, what are you, are you saying top producers don't know what they're talking about? And I'm saying, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What, you know, the myth is that whatever top producers say is gospel and that, and I'm not saying that someone who's achieved a lot of success in terms of their production, whether it be revenue or transactions or both, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that what they don't, what they have to say is not, is not um, valuable. What I am saying is that again, people get hung up on listening to these m- mega agents and looking for some silver bullet, looking for what they say, what works for them. Um, and honestly, remember, if that agent who one is listening to hasn't really thought about what got them there, really, mm-hmm. um, is what they're saying uh, good for you? In other words, it exactly. goes back to what, what, what ends up happening is people hear, a, they hear what they want to hear, and then they go, just as you, as you said, shiny object oh well that agent's selling a thousand homes on facebook ads i'm gonna go do that mm-hmm. <laughs> without right without even really 
putting all the thought and, and knowledge behind that. So I'm just yeah. saying, be wary of what you, be wary of listening to me. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to stay. The, the goal is to all three of them is have to do with us being true to what's really, what we really want, what our best um, skills are, mm-hmm. what we're really here to accomplish, not what other people say we should be doing, yeah. which then leads to the third myth, which is that, um, goes along. I mean, they all go along, which is your goal should be to run a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a good friend who runs a very big team in Southern California. And she started about a year or two before me. And and I can look back, her goal and my goal were very different. And it's not that hers was better and mine was worse or vice versa, but what it takes to run a big team or actually any team, which as I say, more than three people, just is not the same as selling, as being uh, a real estate agent. It just requires a whole different set of skills that many people are not prepared to learn and grow into. And if that is what you're up to and that is what your skill set is, awesome, run with it. Mm-hmm. But just check yourself before you wreck yourself because for yeah. many of us, that's not what we really want, nor are we equipped to be effective at it. Right. Yeah, it, it does take a lot of, like you said, a completely different skill set. Um, and and you, you end up getting less and less in production and then in more and more of a, just you're a manager. That's and, right. And then if, if, so if you don't have those hiring skills and firing skills and, and you know, the, the day-to-day managing of people, it's going to be a real tough time for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, I mean, it, like, like I said, before we started, before we started to hit record here, um, and I'm just going to say it for, for all the listeners to hear, I think, I think your book doors open when you knock is it, it's, 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 it's definitely spoke to me because it's, it's not telling you this is what you should do. And it's definitely not telling you, you should go knock doors. It's really about, um, you know, finding what works for you and staying consistent with it. And, uh, and like I said to you, it's a, it's the, um, I'm a, a self-improvement nerd. Um, so I love the, the, the way that Stephen puts all these great concepts from um, the great, you know, thinkers in the self-improvement arena. And he puts it all into one place, uses his own words. And it's, it's for us as real estate agents. It's just, it's a, it's amazing. It's like, if you, it's like, I almost, I almost wasted all that time, all these years reading, uh, you know, Stephen Covey and everything else. I should have just got this book. And <laughs> well, and the, I just, and that's awesome. And I, and thank you for that yeah. generous compliment. And I'll, I just want to add one other thing, which is it's all of what you said and how, what my experience was it. So like when I'm, when I'm providing this insight, it's, it's, it's literally applied to how it showed up in my life and in my business. So mm-hmm. it's still not theory. It's, it's real life my life, but you know, I'm no different than anyone else. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I mean, there's nothing outlandish in here and it's, and it's, it's like you said, I think you even say in the book, there's nothing, there's not really a new concept, but it's, it's, you can, you did it and you put it into practice and it's worked for you and, you know, and that you shared it with, with the world is, is great. And like I said, I love, I love it. I'll probably read it again, uh, you know, from time to time, because it is, it is a good one. Um, do, digging back in though like there there's um after the three myth, myths you talk about the sweet spot so once we've figured out that we're not going to be 
have the same goals as the top producer because we have different ideas of what our real estate business should look like. But tell me what the sweet spot is and what, what is that to you? The sweet spot to me is, and, and, you know, TJ, you can, you know, you can comment on your, for yourself and anyone who's listening, think about why you got into real estate and where you are now. And, and when you do that, um, you could say that, you know, everything is awesome, or you could say, I'm still heading to where I'm going, or what you said in the beginning, which is you've, you've along the way adapted people's goal, other people's goals. And mm -hmm. so you're left unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And the point of the sweet spot is to really look at when the rubber meets the road, you know, this is about doing well and being well. And so the doing well is what kind of income are you looking for? Really? Mm -hmm. You know, for most of us, we don't need to make a million dollars to have a really good life. You know, depending right. on which part of the country you live in, Two, three, four hundred, or even one hundred fifty thousand can be a really good living, mm -hmm. um, depending on your lifestyle. So the sweet spot on the on the x-axis is your income. Right? X is the vertical one, right? It's been so long. I just know the one that goes up and I down. Think so. I think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the y-axis, the one that goes uh, horizontal, yeah. is is your hours per week. Mm -hmm. And what what people what I'm saying is your sweet spot can be somewhere less than 40 hours a week on average. I'd like to focus at 30 or less mm -hmm. and making the kind of money that provides the lifestyle you want to make. And the trick is here's, here's, that's nothing revolutionary. What I think people forget is that if you're not making, if you're new to the business or you're not in your rhythm or you're out of sync or you're not doing what's most important, you end up in what I call the struggle. And the struggle is where you're working really, 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 really hard and you're making not enough money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you, you're not doing well and you're not being well because you're burnt out, you're tired, you're frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, conversely, and I know plenty of agents who um, do very well. They make a lot of money and they work all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And they, they say, oh, but I want to. And I'm going to, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but, you know, my experience from knowing some of them intimately, yeah, that's just a, an excuse, a rationalization, and that they've got addicted to this rhythm of just working really hard and the mm -hmm. scarcity mentality. If I stop and I miss this deal, that's the beginning of the end of my business. And, mm -hmm. and so I call that the danger zone because then we don't really get to be well, but we're doing well but we're not being well. And I just think, man, we only get one, as far as we know, we only get one turn. Yeah. And if it's spent always answering a phone or a text message and we get no time off, is that really the life we wanted? Yeah. And I think, and I think probably the answer for many of us is, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be on vacation. I want to, you know, like I said, I don't work nights or weekends. And with this, crazy market we've had, you know, it's forced me to work a little, I've had to adjust my schedule, you know, for the current circumstances, but mm -hmm. I still fight very hard. I do not work Sundays and mm -hmm. I do not work Saturdays if I don't have to. Um, yeah. And I, I stick, I work really hard to have that time off. So when I hit the ground on Monday, man, I am recharged, refreshed, 
and I am ready to go. I am not burnt out from working all weekend. Yeah. I, I can relate. And when I, we're, we're both, you know, we admit that we're, we're introverts, which doesn't mean that we're hermits. It just means sure. that we are energy. We, we recharge in a private way rather than, you know, extroverts who recharge by having people around them. So I relate to that hundred percent. I know a lot of people do whether they admit it or not. It's it. And even extroverts, you just need to like, sometimes you just need to back away so you can take a breath and then get bit. So you're refreshed and ready to get back into it for sure. And, and like you said, you know, agents that are, that are running constantly and they're doing well and they wear it like a, a, a badge of honor almost. And I, I, I just have a quick story. I, um, I had a, uh, I was, I had a few buyers and I was, I don't like to take on too many buyers because I know that if I have one too many buyers, then none of my buyers are getting the, the full hundred percent. So I was going to refer out one of my buyers that is right in my area. And I did it online. Um, and then one, another agent that's in my same brokerage, like private messaged me is like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I forget the exact words. It was like, why are you, why are you referring that out? You're right there. I'm like, well, you know, I got buyers. And I want to make sure I'm giving them the good service. And well, he proceeded to tell me like his whole schedule for the weekend. And the guy was literally driving 50 to 60 miles showing, I don't know how many houses to three different buyers in one day. And I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> like you go. That's, that's, I, I was like, I, pr- I appreciate your work ethic. You're keep it going. So yeah, it's just like, what, and that goes back to like what top producers are doing. It, it, it's not necessarily what it works for you. So it's, yeah, you get that sweet spot. I love how you word that and how you put that together because it really is. It's, you know, how much money, do you need to make or, or want to make or what your goal is with that? And then how much time do you want to have as well? Because it's, it doesn't always have to be a trade-off, but it, it, you know, it is at some point it becomes a trade-off. If you're really hunting down that money and chasing those transactions, then you're not, you don't have that time. So yeah, it was great. Perfectly said. Um, I mean, go after that, I'm just going, I'm just going down the pages of the book. If you don't mind. perfect, you go, man. <laughs> We're just going through the concepts as you hit them in each chapter. Um, like re- reducing your fee, you talk about that, and 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 there's another part of the book also where you talk about um, like a lot of things in this business are a little counterintuitive, and you would think that, well, if I can reduce my fee by a percentage point, then I'm going to get more. I'll get that more listings, or that's how I can be competitive. And it's really tempting especially when you're new or you're, you're in a rut to do that. So, and I know that you don't, you don't agree with that. So what are your thoughts on, on uh, reducing your, your commission just to get some business? It's a very dangerous path to go down (laughs) (laughs) because it takes you down a dark alley. That's very hard to find the joyful boardwalk. Um, when you get yeah. when you go down that dark alley, there's lots of things lurking at you, mm-hmm. and it, it becomes a bit of a crutch. Might be the wrong word. Um, if you believe that you add value, and we'll use that generally speaking, because we all deliver value slightly differently, but mm-hmm. if you believe that you're serving your clients. Um, why should you work for less? Mm-hmm. And we do it because we don't, there's some part of us that there's some fear or scarcity that's underneath that because 
if we're if we're being honest, and again, this is for this may not be for everyone, but everyone can check for themselves. If if you are doing the job that you know you can do for your clients, why wouldn't you want to get paid your normal fee? Mm-hmm. And um, so, a couple things goes with that. And this woman, we could do a whole podcast, and so I'm just trying to succinctly <laughs> sum this up, which is. Going back to the sweet spot, if you want to do well and be well, that means you, you, your time is definitely limited, right? If you're only going to work 30 hours a week or only if, even if you're going to only work 40 hours a week, whatever you're going to do, mm-hmm. you, every moment you spend with a client who's not going to pay you your full fee is time you could have spent with a client who would or looking for a client who would. Yeah. That is ultimately the question. And you can rationalize it any way you want, but if you want to maximize your sweet spot, spend time with the clients who know you, like you, and trust you, and are willing to pay you what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, it's it's. I learned that lesson the hard way for sure. And I know you said it. it it's you go down the, a dark alley where things are lurking, and yeah, you get you do get stuck there because you start you start attracting those clients that you, the ones that want a discount and they don't want it. They don't believe in what a real estate that actually a real estate agent actually does to, to help transactions and whatnot. And I, I, one of my, the last time I did that was it was last year and I had been, I met this woman at an open house and I had been in contact with her following up for over a year. I think it was about a year and a half. And finally she said, I'm going to list my house. I'm like, oh, great, great. And then again, I went over for another eva- evaluation on the house. I got, I lost track of how many I did for her over the course of a year and a half. But um, then I get this text message a couple of days later. I, houses are selling by themselves. I'm just going to go for a sale by owner and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, it's, you know, the, the value in a real estate agent is having somebody who can manage the transaction and negotiate for you. And I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but said something to that degree. So I ended up agreeing just because I felt like I've worked so dang hard on this, keeping in contact with her that I'm, I'm going to get something out of this. So I, I went with, um, I reduced my commission by 1%. Well, she still hasn't sold her house. <laughs> so it's, it, I, I don't, she didn't never, she never really wanted to sell her house. And when she got under contract, I, I brought her three fantastic offers. Two of them were over asking. The other one was at asking. And she, we got under contract and she wanted to back out of the contract and it just went downhill from there. And we ended up, um, I never like to say I fire people, but as, as clients, but you parted ways. Yeah. I said to her, I, I said, I don't think I, I'm the real estate agent for you. I think. Yeah. So, and that, and that, and that felt good. That was so liberating. And I made a decision in that moment. Like, I'm not going to do that again. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe for family, you know, if my mom wants to buy a house, yeah, I'll, I'll cut her a break, but you know, for, for regular leads and prospects, um, you know, have value yourself and value your own time and your own ability and, and don't compromise on that for sure. That's a, such a great, great lesson. That example is perfect, right? That, yeah. that just says it all. Yeah. And, and had I continued to pursue that and I, you know, if she tells her friends like, oh yeah, go with TJ because he gives a discount then it's it just repeat More the same. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So, and, and that, there were definitely many urgent matters for, as far as she was concerned in there. She actually gave me, um, gave me heck one day for, for having to call her back. Cause I was having dinner with my kids. 
she's, she's uh, that's kind of <laughs> you're proving my point to no yeah. end <laughs> <laughs> i know but it leads me to the next kind of uh you know the urgent matters like there's really no such thing as an emergency or very there's rarely not. there's very rarely in real estate but yet we are everything is is like we got to do it now i got to do it now i have to, oh, we got to schedule a showing now we got to got to go see it now oh they call i got to take the phone call now so like speak to that a little bit well, how do you how do you get out of that thinking or like how is that um destructful or you know how, how is that damaging when you when you really get yeah. that 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 habit yeah well my coach and mentor used to say well he still does say right there's no emergencies in real estate houses don't bleed to death yeah <laughs> and so i'm stealing that line it's his line but it's but it's great and my partner is a physician she's in in an or every day mm-hmm. she's in charge of keeping those people alive mm-hmm. um I'm not her. I don't have a medical degree. I'm not trying to keep, you know, there, we are not, this is not life support in real estate. We're helping people buy and sell homes. And yes, maybe mm-hmm. the dollars are big, you know, depending on what, where you work, but almost nothing is an emergency, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And so we have to decide, is that true for us? Or are we going to fall into the trap that other agents mostly have created that everything has to be answered right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Just from the last two days, I had an agent text me on Saturday about sending me some paperwork that needed to get done this week. Now, I don't work on Saturdays. Um, my phone isn't always off on Saturday because sometimes there's a few things I need to um, do with that phone number, that work phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not respond and I had no problem not responding. And of course, when it comes in, right, if that's not your mindset, you see the request and you say, oh, um, now I need to do something with this. And it feels urgent because they sent it to you for signatures, but it doesn't need to be done now. So first of all, you've got to be aware of what your standard operating procedure is. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to be willing to follow your guidelines. Now, as I said, that day the phone was on, but normally um, my phone is off. And so I'm not distracted with seeing those voicemails and texts come in, thinking then that I, you know, now they're on my mind, I have to do something with them. So actually having two phones makes that I mean, yes, you can do it on the same phone, forget the technology. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, again, simpler just to have two phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore I'm not looking or seeing any of that information and I'm not, I'm not burdened by someone else's request that doesn't need to be addressed today. He wants to work Saturday, knock himself out. I'm Mm -hmm. not. Um, but that also goes with our clients. I had a client, I sent him the listing agreement. It's a $2 million listing. I sent him the listing agreement yesterday at one or 2 PM. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I turned my phone on this morning at 8.30 um, just to get things start refreshing. I don't actually start looking at my phone till 9.30 or 10. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did, as it turned on, I just saw what was there. And he he had woken up at 6.30. He says, I'm up at 6.30, ready to go over the listing agreement. (laughs) Now, (laughs) if you've got a (laughs) scarcity mentality and you're worried, oh, my God, I got to call him right now. Yeah. No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. At 9.30, I sent him a text, or maybe at 9, I sent him a text, mm-hmm. um, I'll call you at 10. Perfect. 
And he's like, it wasn't okay. an issue. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I can tell you, even though I've been doing this a long time and I know better, the, the, the fear, the scarcity, the wired for survival is like, oh my God, I got to call him right now. It's mm -hmm. just so instinctive. And maybe there's a few of you listening, you're like, no, I've got this handled. Awesome. For many of us, though, we don't. It's just so automatic. We just were like, we see the text, we feel like we have to respond, and we do not. Yep. But that only works if you've set up your own boundaries about how you work and how you and you've explained that to your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said good good points right there. It, setting boundaries, and then, of course, this business is about communication, like explaining that and setting the expectations with your your clients. And I've, I I need to get better on the weekends for sure. Like you, you have, you got it dialed in and I'm, 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 I respect that. And I'm, I'll look up to you for that one because the weekends I, I need a little work on, but I'm good about like at night when after about the time that I'm, I'm getting ready to wind down and have dinner with the family. Like that's, that's my time. That's important family time. So I won't respond to, you know, I'll get, and of course that's when all the leads are coming in and they say speed the lead and all that stuff. Well, I, I feel a little better because I have a CRM that, that responds with a text and then I follow up the next day. So, but it does take a lot of, of conditioning yourself to not, not jump on that. And, and it does, it, you have to form the habit of, of really being aware and not, you know, being tempted by that. And I've actually yeah. turned, turned off my, uh, my email um, notification. So I don't get a sound when my, when my comes in my phone. Um, I just have to be better about not checking it as much as I do during the day. Cause you can definitely get sucked in, but one, one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So. And you know, I, I, to be fair, I, you know, I get that if you're doing any sort of lead gen that comes in online, yeah. I, I get it right. There are some parameters on, um, but I still think, well, I'm going to still take the point of view that there's a way to manage that. You either mm -hmm. get a partner, you have an assistant that you have a CRM that automates some of the responses so that you get time off, yeah. um, you know, yeah. so great. Yeah. Definitely important. And uh, I mean, there, there's so much I want to, want to talk about with this. So much good information in here. Well, we'll, we'll run out of time. So yeah, what, we're are, run what, out are, time. Like the, what are like the next <laughs> two or what are the top one or two things you still want to cover before we end um, today? Big one. Cause we talked about goals. So importance of goals real yep. quick. Give, give us that. I'm the worst person to talk about goals, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this and then, well, before I answer, what do you, in what regard, um, like what specifically do you want to want me to talk about regarding goals? Um, well, here, there's a, there's a quote and I'm, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but it okay. essentially goes that you wrote, uh, if you don't, if you don't have goals articulated, then goals get filled in for you. Right. So if you don't, basically how I took that is if you're not, if you're not really thinking about it and even going far as writing them down and knowing your goals, then something else is going to get put in there. That's right. Subconsciously and or not. Perfect. And I, so I was talking that on a couple levels. The first part was really about your why. Mm -hmm. So on a higher level, forget your goals for a minute before you create any goals, right? As Seneca said, um, if you don't know to which port you're sailing, uh, uh, any, yeah, if you don't know to which port you're sailing, any wind will do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, so I started with why did I get in this business? I got in this business to raise my family so I could be home mm -hmm. every night, 
so I could spend time with them, so I could take them on vacation, so I could do all the things that, you know, they were only going to be with me really this long. And then they're gone. Like I got one in college. I got one that's a year away from going to college, you know, so it, yeah. it goes fast. Mm-hmm. So that was my why, which meant that everything else got set up around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of goals, you know, my goal, uh, you know, I am, there are plenty of other people who are better at, at clearly articulating goals and how you hit your goals and how you measure them. Mm-hmm. I was good at figuring out a process where I could win every day, regardless of whether I hit my year end goal or not, mm-hmm. because I can't control how many, when people buy or sell. Yeah. I can't control how many people I talk to. I can't control whether I get to the doors today or not. I can't control um, like if I'm going to write, you know, I spend a lot of time writing. I can't control if I'm going to write today or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I tend to focus on the things that I can do that lead to the outcomes I'm creating. And so I'm less focused on the end result and more focused on what am I doing every day that makes the day count. Mm-hmm. If yeah, that makes any sense. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you took the bait because that's exactly where I was, I was hoping you would go. It's, <laughs> it's about the, you, you can't control the outcome. You talk about that a lot in the book. Like you, you, you the result is really completely out of your control at, at the end of the day, because you can't force anybody to sell. You can't force anybody to buy. But the things that are in your control, those leading indicators and those, sometimes those mundane, boring things that you don't want to do, but you do them any, every day anyway, because you know, you you have to, you know, that by doing those results will happen. So that's, that's definitely, um, I'm glad you went down there. It's exactly what I, what I wanted you to say. So the perfect, um, I, I'm, I'm big on that too, is, is, and that's part of consistency and where the consistency comes in is doing those, focusing on the leading indicators. And, and I, I know I'm going to assume that there might be one or two people that are listening that aren't familiar with the term leading indicator. It's really the the, the things that um, lagging indicators are the things in the, in the rear view mirror, like results. And a, a mentor of mine always says um, success is a lagging indicator. So <laughs> Very it's good. so true. I'm like, that's great. I'm stealing that one for sure. Yeah. So, well, well said. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, it, it, it's because it's, it's all those little things leading up, you know, for however long, for months and maybe years until that point where all of a sudden you're an overnight success. So it's, it's, it's those little things every day that that's how you get to be an overnight success is for, you know, many, many months of doing the same thing every single day. consistently. And, you know, if, if you don't mind, we'll just hit on this for one more second here. Yeah. Uh, You know, the thing that I equated to is, you know, I, I first heard it. I don't remember where I heard it, but they were referencing Somerset mom, who was a British, he was British. He was a very well-known writer Mm-hmm. in the early 1900s, I guess. And they said, uh, they said, well, do you enjoy writing? You know, I'm not going to do the British accent because I can't, but you can imagine <laughs> someone asking him. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, um, I like having written. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's- I like, I don't like going to the gym. I like having worked out. Yeah. I don't like knocking on doors. <laughs> I like having knocked. Yeah. That's, and, that's great. That's perfect. And so, when you were talking about the, you know, the mundane daily tasks, mm-hmm. that, look, I, 
I, I'm an introvert. And as much as I love people making my contacts, I do not love doing. I love having made them. Yes. And that's about loving the journey, falling in love with the process, um, and mm-hmm. not worried about the outcome, but focusing on what I can do and being great at it when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you mentioned um I think in the book, you go a little bit further and even say like when you on those times, because nobody's perfect. So those days that you didn't get to the doors or you didn't say what you were, you promised yourself you were going to do, then you, you feel a little bit down at the end of the day yeah. and like there's in losing some sleep over it. I know that happens to me for sure. It's like, oh, I said, I was going to make 10 contacts today and I, I made one and then I got distracted with Facebook. And so now I'm going to, now I'm going to stew on it and just get inside my own head. And that's, so yeah, it's about keeping, keeping the promises to yourself. What, how do you, how do you say it? Honor, 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 our, honoring our word, honoring your word to ourselves. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's huge for sure. And I know we're, we're kind of running out of time, but now we got a few, little few more minutes left. Um, but definitely I like the, how you describe um, resistance. So resistance in this business and you, you frame it in a really simple way. So if, if you could just kind of dig into that a little bit, I think. Sure. So uh, just to uh, some definitions, you could go into the, everyone could go into the dictionary or on your app or on the website, whatever. Probably no one has a dictionary, but you go to a dictionary <laughs> yeah. online or physical and you look up resistance with a little R it's basically some opposition or to, to do something, you know, opposed you know, to oppose mm-hmm. something against your will. Mm-hmm. kind of the general definitions. Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called The War of Art and mm-hmm. some other books. And he coined a term resistance with a capital R. Mm-hmm. And he defined it as a universal force, kind of like gravity. And its sole purpose is to keep us exactly where we are, to keep us safe, right? It's a survival instinct, mm-hmm. essentially. And typically it shows up in some sort of fear or distraction. Right? We get distracted with Facebook leads. We get distracted with the phone call. We get distracted with the text. I know who wants to go knock on doors. It's dangerous out there. There's crazy <laughs> people. So yeah. I'm going to just pretend to be busy in my office or sit in the coffee shop or whatever mm-hmm. our excuses are. And, and so resistance can show up uh, in, a, in a lot of different ways. And so what I say is, you know, sort of high level If someone said, and again, I'm not saying everyone should go knock on doors. So I'm just using this as an example. You can Mm -hmm. apply it to making phone calls, doing open house, whatever else you're going to do. If you're going to go knock on doors, people get hung up on. Well, what should I wear? What neighborhood should I go into? And what should I say? And what time should I go? And, you know, all those things. And you could spend three months figuring all of that out and not knocking on any doors. Oh, yeah. But then once you get to knocking, you're like, all right, fine. I'm just going to do it. This is what I'm going to bring. And this is what I'm going to say. And, you know, you figure that out. But then, well, I'm going to knock on doors from 11 to 1, say. And then when your kids get sick or your mom wants you to take you to the doctor or um, a client wants you to show a house at 1130 or all Mm -hmm. these things come up. Mm -hmm. And that's resistance. Resistance is testing your commitment. Are you going to honor your time block or are you going to cave? And most of us, if we're not paying attention, cave, not knowing that it's resistance getting us, not knowing that really it's our commitment to fulfilling on what we know is most important. 
-hmm. And uh, I spent a lot of my years door knocking, really looking at all these little things that would creep up that would keep me, try and keep me from making it to the doors. And mm -hmm. just realize that's just resistance. It's just this force that wants to keep me this little old safe, you know, real estate agent and, and not yeah. do what I said I was going to do. And um, the moment, the way to beat it is to acknowledge it, is to know what's happening and say, ah, screw resistance. I'm, I'm going to find a way around this. I'm going to tell my mom I'm not going to the doctor. I'm there. She wants to go to the doctor, call the doctor and say, we can go at 1.30 or, or 9.30. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that client, if they can't, Here's, and here's the thing with clients, by the way, in all the years, right? I've knocked on 125,000 doors, 16 plus years, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times I've had, you know, the appointment to go to the doors. And I have certainly had many people over those years want to go look at a house. And the only time they could go was during my door knocking. Let me tell you how many of those turned into an actual sale. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> None. Yeah. I, I know. It goes back to that. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this business that's a little bit counterintuitive. And that's that. that I mean, especially if you if you haven't had a sale in a while and you, you're, you're itching for a commission check. Like it's real easy to push off your lead generation time because somebody wants to go take a look at a house. Yep. And, 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 th and that even goes to the clients who ended up buying but not buying that house. Right, they yeah. had to go see that house right then. No, but Stephen, we gotta go right now. We gotta see yeah. this one. And I'm like, no, you don't. Right. Yeah. And even when I caved, right, it was I'm just like kicking myself. I know better. So yeah. I'm telling all of you, whatever your time block is, there is no emergency more important. I mean, there might be a real emergency, but those are far and right. few between. And by yeah. the way, if you're having emergencies every month, you've got some other problems in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No offense. There's other things to look at. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, that's so, so big and it, it takes practice and it takes awareness, you know, that, that knowing that that's what you should be doing is keeping the commitments to yourself and, you know, doing your prospecting. And someone once told me, I forget who it was. Um, basically the job of a realist, your, your job as a real estate agent is not to go show houses. It's not to um, write offers. It's not to do you know, the contracts and all that. Although that is part of your job. Like your number one job is to find a client because without a client, you don't have, you don't have any of those other tasks to do. So that's, that's right. the number one job for sure. So in, in most of us don't treat our prospecting time as our number one job. And I think that's, that's a, you know, that's it. That if you can't, if it's, if it's hard and you're meeting that resistance, like maybe take, take a look, I mean, give it a good effort and give it an opportunity to work but maybe it's not the thing that's going to really give you the or something that you can really be consistent at, uh, Yeah, you know, where Perfect. you found it in door knocking. Um, I find it in, in, in making phone calls and, but it's the same thing, making phone calls. It's, it's, Oh, I forgot. I sat down. I forgot to bring my water. So I got to go get my water. And then it's, <laughs> you know, I, or then oh, I just got to answer this email real quick because this client needs this information. And then before you know it, you've, you've done three or four tasks that have nothing to do with making phone calls and you've already spent 45 minutes of your prospecting time. That's right. So, yeah. so it's, yeah. Keeping the commitments to yourself and, and, and really having the awareness of what's trying to pull you away. I love that. It's like gravity. That's such a good, good concept. And I haven't heard it put like that before. So I, I love that for sure. Um, 
one more thing before we go is um, gr- you talk about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, especially when you're um, in a spot where, you, where you, you, you might be feeling the scarcity. Um, you know, especially right now in, in the real estate market, just about everywhere is there's just not enough houses for sale. And you're getting in, if you have buyers, you're getting into really competitive like roller derby style you know, offers, <laughs> offer making. So it's, uh, you know, being able to wake up and, and, and have some time to, to reflect on, on what you're thankful for is like, it, I know it takes me through the whole day and it's, it makes the day so much better. And I know there's a difference on the days that I don't do it. So I, I, I don't know if you wanted to add anything, anything to that, but I know you, you speak about it in the book a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you said, I mean, you, you're right on. And I will say that, and I can only speak for myself, the, I never got the importance of gratitude until life was a little tougher, right? Mm -hmm. I was in a spot many years into my business and I just had a longer dry spell than I had ever, than I'd had in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it didn't seem right, right? Just didn't seem it seemed out of balance. It seemed right. And, and somehow the universe conspired to teach me a very good lesson. (laughs) It's funny how (laughs) it does that. (laughs) uh, Which if I was paying attention, which was that even though money was tight for a couple months, Mm -hmm. I still had an enormous abundance around me. Mm -hmm. The relationships, the, where I live, right. You know, God, you know, just, it's terrible, right? All the places in the world where things where that is not true. You know, just look at mm-hmm. the time we're recording this, right? The stuff that's happening in Israel and Gaza Strip, right? Yeah. Not picking sides, right? But if you live there, right? Not very fun, right? You cannot just wake up um, to hear the birds singing and you can't go for a run outside your, I'm guessing, you know, can't go for a run mm-hmm. um, down a tree-lined canal um, safely, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, and so being able to just appreciate that I can do things like that, that I can make a hot cup of coffee mm-hmm. and, um, and that I had my kids and we were all healthy and, you know, all these little basic things um, that I could you know, take for granted that I had some, you know, I had parents that I was born where I was born that I had the upbringing that and I could just go, you could go on forever, right. Yeah. Making this list. Yeah. And then I realized that that's when I finally realized that, um, what I was most upset about were things that I quote unquote wanted, but didn't need. Yeah. I wanted a nicer car. I wanted to go here. I wanted, um, you know, to buy a new iPhone or a new computer, whatever the gadget was at the time, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I don't need any of those things to have a great day. And when I think about what makes my days great, when I look back on all my years in real estate, uh, Yes, it's fun selling homes. It's fun helping people. But really the relationships of all the people I've met, whether they've I've helped them buy and sell or not, is really what's most important. And yes, I do, have a, I do need to make a living. Uh, but that's like a byproduct of the gift I was given to go out and talk to all these people and meet all these people and create all these connections mm-hmm. and create all these experiences, which obviously led to the book. And therefore what I thought was in front of me that I needed to have 
um, that felt so lacking was really not what was true at all. Mm -hmm. And so it just gave me a chance to have a new perspective on what was really most important. And so I'm just, so if you're listening, you're like, oh, well, that's a cop out. You know, how about, you know, really pushing for your goals and not being satisfied. And, you know, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't push themselves and expand and grow. Mm-hmm. What I am saying, though, none of that is required in any given moment for us to have full peace and, f- and fulfillment mm-hmm. or joy and fulfillment. Yeah. Well, and said. that's what I, and that's what I got. And that's what I was trying to create in that, you know, the essence of which in that chapter. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. That, that's so well said is that they can exist simultaneously. You can be grateful and you can be hungry for the next chapter or the next, the next thing you can be competitive and thankful at the same time. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's big. I'm glad you said coffee because that's most mornings coffee is on my list. I got a warm cup of coffee. I'm definitely thankful for that. So, and, and it, that goes to show like it, it takes some practice to kind of really get into the habit of writing down or, or at least even thinking or, uh, or reflecting on what you're grateful for. Start with a the cup of coffee or start with the, you know, the, your slippers you're wearing and, and it, it'll grow from there. It'll just, just get in the habit of being thankful for little things. Then you start to realize the, the, the big things. It's like, well, yeah, I do have, my house is nice and cozy and my family's awesome. And, my, and, you know, my, my daughter smiled yesterday and it, it, it just comes to you more easily once you get in the habit. I know some people, they say they feel silly doing it at first, but just, just start doing it. And it's, it's, it's totally worth it. Most yeah. 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 So cool. Well, this has been awesome. I, I, I could, I could talk to you for a few more hours, I think for sure. Um, and just dig it in on, on it. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more, but I know uh, we're running a lot of time here a little bit. So tell, tell us, um, A, first, before we talk about where to buy the book, um, tell me about um, coaching. And if somebody wants to even just have a chat with you, like how do we get a hold of you? Great. Yeah. No, thanks. I mm-hmm. mean, what I, if you haven't, if you haven't been able to tell so far in this conversation, I help, I'm good at helping people show up whether they feel like it not or not, yeah. and not to berate <laughs> or make people feel bad, but to, to, you know, to just follow through on what they said they wanted and what they're mm-hmm. committed to. And so that's what I, the training and coaching I do is around helping people show up week in, week out. Uh, and because if you can show up for 50 weeks and make them count, you can have an awesome year, right? Week by week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I help people. And if you think that uh, sounds good for you, um, you can reach out to me on my website, uh, doorsopenwhenyouknock.com. There's a little button that says, talk to Steven, schedule a call. And mm-hmm. that, that, would, that would be the next step. Um, if you're not ready to take that step, um, but you like what you heard, if, you, if you're not opposed to buying a copy of the book, you can buy it on the website or Amazon, Doors Open When You Knock. Um, that would be much, much, much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're available on, is it audiobook? You have any, any not audio yet. I was, I am, I was, uh, I'm working through some of these podcasts and some other live speaking stuff to really, and get feedback. So that when I do the audio book, I kind of want to riff a little and fill in the pieces that people, you know, I want to make it really rich. Good. And I, I tell you, I love those type of audio books when the author, a, when the author is, is doing the audiobook themselves. I think that's great because you hear their voice. And second, when you when the author kind of expounds on things and, and goes goes into little 
off on little tangents about what they were, what they were thinking when they were writing. I love that. It just makes, it makes it like a audiobook slash podcasts kind of radio show thing, but that, that it is, I just find it super interesting. It's like yeah. a bonus. It's yeah. like a bonus. Yeah. It's a bonus, <laughs> the bonus track and the box set. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll put that. Those will definitely be in the show notes. Um, the website, um, I think I can even link to the, to Amazon. I'll, Great. I'll try. I'll do my best okay. to do that um, for sure. sure. But definitely go to Amazon doors open when you knock by Stephen Ross. Um, it, it, it's worth every penny. It's not that that much at all. I think it's, it's definitely under 20 bucks. I, I forget how much it was like, uh, anyways, it's, it's, it's worth every penny. I highly recommend getting it. Um, it, whether you're new or you're just, you know, you're, you're kind of, uh, in that rut of like chasing shiny objects, like a lot of us are, um, just the, just the pure consistency of what Steven or how Steven has conducted himself through his real estate career is, is just a solid goal right there. If you don't get anything else out of it, it's, it's certainly, um, uh, great, great for that. Great, great book on mindset. Absolutely. So thanks so much, Steven. This has been, this has been great. TJ, it's my pleasure. It's yeah. been great being here with you today. Well, we'll have to have you back, you know, maybe down the road when you, when you write, you're going to write another book. I, I, I have already written one, but that's not the next one I'm going to publish. Um, I have another one that I'm, I'm flushing out as we speak. So, cool. Yes. We'll, we'll have you back when that one comes out. Can't wait, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks again. Steve. Thank you. Thank you.